The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome back. Hour number two, Jeremy Kahn, Ken Barkley. Just double check to make sure I was unmuted. I wish you guys would have let it, just let me go for a while. I know it would have been bad radio. <laughs> we got good I music have... on the show, too. Music just would have trailed <laughs> out for a while, like a minute. Yeah. It was funny. I like As I was looking at their comments, it said, pros pro from Alex when my screen went black. And then the rest of it was just like, idiot, loser. You muted your mic. No, I'm kidding. But so <laughs> it's all in good fun. We all have a lot of fun here. So yeah, you want to get, <laughs> get, get into the, the ale market first when we talk about Cy Young. And now, is this the one where you're, you're kind of going to take it on the chin here a little bit? Or is it the NL market? Because I think <laughs> it's this one, more than it? one. Yeah, oh, is there... this, uh, this, this one sucks. Um, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's no uh, no award market I will have gotten wrong in the last 12 months more than the combined Cy Young markets this year. It's going to be really tough to book a win. <laughs> it's going to be really, really going to need something, going to need like a rabbit out of a hat uh, in order to in order to do that. It's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> God, thank God for rookies of the year this year. And AL MVP was like a dead market from the beginning because Otani just won. So, uh, but yeah, Cy Youngs have been have been rough and it's, it's like, okay, well, why is that? Well, first of all, we don't know who's going to win yet, so I guess I can't say with certainty. It's going to be rough. Maybe like an opportunity comes up in the next two months. Uh, we'll do AL first, and uh, oh, we do have some news on uh, on Jonathan yeah. Taylor. By the way, I'll, I'll read I'll read this right now because it's top of the hour too. Uh, this is Schefter, Alex. I'm guessing because I see ESPN. So uh, this is uh, okay. So ESPN's Adam Schefter, no deal: colon 
Always love when we start like that. Indianapolis did not find what it felt was a fair value offer for Jonathan Taylor, and it is not trading. It's all pro running back today, league sources tell ESPN. With no trade materializing today, this is Schefter again, Taylor now is expected to remain on the physically unable to perform list, making him ineligible to play the first four games of the season. So there is something new here. Taylor now is expected to miss, James, miss games versus the Jaguars. That's the Colts week one opponent. Uh, they're a four and a half point dog at home at Houston, at Baltimore, and versus the Rams. So looks like the most likely path here for future is taylor not on colts and nowhere else and so colts a little worse no one else better if you're just doing like your really caveman team projections and uh i don't know what do you make of that jeremy when you read it it's funny i just had a text before the show started of a buddy saying hey where are you drafting jonathan taylor and i told him in my my league that drafted <laughs> this past weekend not i took him in yeah. i took him in the third round i did like it's a 12-man league and, and i was looking at it going all right, I'm kind of comfortable with how my team's sitting, and I am. I'm still in a good place, even if he doesn't play this year. But, um, but yeah, like this is this sucks, and and I'm just curious, like, what is fair market value for a running back if you're not going to pay them? <laughs> so, what is the fair right. market value when you're trading? And I know you have an idea of what you want back in return. The Colts wanted a first, but you know you're you're not going to get that for a running back now. It appears, and I, I'm trying to remember what Christian McCaffrey went for. They got a first for that, but. Uh, maybe a different set of circumstances there and how the guy fit and what their need was. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this just kind of sucks because he's a really talented running back. He misses any time. I don't want to see this turn into a Le'Veon Bell type situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, like, okay, is there a, is there a betting amp- impact to, like, what's happening? Uh, I mean, uh, here's another tweet from Schefter. is rattle. We got a thread going right now. And the Colts' next best opportunity to deal their all-pro running back could be before the NFL's Halloween trade deadline. Trade deadline's on Halloween this year. If no deal by then, the Colts could tag Jonathan Taylor and try to trade him again this offseason. But there, but there is no end of this drama currently in sight. That's such like a classic Schefter sign-off. Um, yep. Just like really, like let's try to make this as soap opery as possible. Yeah, so it looks like Taylor, like nobody gets him and the Colts lose him at least for the first four. You can try to read into that to be like, are they going to have him at all this season based on like what's happening crazy that like he and the team are this much at odds that this is how it's going to go this year. And it's, it's funny. So, I mean, Jeremy, like we can have like a really Nick and I did this a little yesterday, but you and I didn't do this. Like, does that make you want to make a bet on something with the, it would only be the Colts now because no team is gaining Jonathan Taylor unless they get him, you know, on November 1st. And then I don't even know what we're talking about at that point. But if we think, if we think he's not playing for the Colts this year, does that, does that do something for you in terms of like projecting them? I think their win total is what, like seven consensus right now, something like that. Uh, Alex, put the MGM Colts win total in the chat just so we can quote them too. Like, does that, does that make you want to bet something knowing that he may not be on the team the whole year? No, I, look, I think it's something where you might want to look at, like some people may look at season long. Some maybe people, some people may jump to week one. I'm not jumping on the Jags in week one in a divisional game against an opponent like this. It's just, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to be there uh, betting that um, and seeing any sort of value because Jonathan Taylor's not playing. I do think it's their best weapon on offense, but um, still, it's the running game. And what's their running back room look like? Don't they have they they had um, uh, Dion the kid Jackson they got from the, is their starter. That's their uh, so that's their projected starter. What about the kid from the Bills? Didn't he break his arm? Yeah, uh, Zach Moss. M- Moss. Yeah, he broke his arm, but he should be back. Yeah. I think for the season. So I. Ugh, that's an ugly running back room unless Deion Jackson pans out. But six and a half I, I, though with the MGM went total juiced over. So I said seven consensus. I think it's kind of like six and a half, seven, depending on where you go. Yeah, I, I ooh, man. 
I'm still thinking you had under bet, on that. But if, if you had, if you had to bet six and a half, what would you do right now? Under? It sounds like you were about to say. I'd go under, but I don't. Oh, man, I, I just feel like the number's right. I feel like this is probably a seven-win team. Um, but I'd probably still go under with all the things that could go wrong. They're just in a really crappy division, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them go, you know, split in their division, go four and oh, or four and two in their division. Uh, they they beat Jacksonville once every year. Jacksonville gets them. Maybe this is the year that Jacksonville, you know, pulls away. But and they've always had Houston's number, especially at home. Uh, so. Both Houston and Indianapolis are six and a half. Both have first year head coaches. Both have rookie starting quarterbacks. Houston obviously named C.J. Stroud the week one starter. Anthony Richardson's the week one starter for Indianapolis. They're both six and a half. More likely to outperform expectation with rookie quarterback and first year head coach. Houston or Indianapolis? I thought Houston played above board, but I'd still go Indy here. Um, I like the prospects of an Anthony Richardson a little bit better than what I like C.J. Shroud with that supporting cast. Although Houston brought in, uh, who was it, the former Rams receiver, uh, Robert Williams. Uh, they brought Robert him Woods. in. Robert Woods. What did I say, Williams? Robert Woods. Uh, Nico Collins is there. Um, Mechie is another. Like, just not a lot of weapons on offense. So, sure. Uh, I guess you could say the same thing about the Colts. I mean, at least they have Pittman and a host of tall-ass tight ends. But, um <laughs> <laughs> that's about it okay i like <laughs> yeah. it uh yeah. i i guess i would pick houston also i just, projecting the quarterbacks i just it's just not something i'm gonna ever be average at i just, i don't know who's gonna be better this year between stroud and richardson that's for other people to figure out honestly uh they're both rookies which means they're probably both not going to be very good um and they're not surrounded by like a cast that would bring out their best i guess would be the right way to think about it too like it's you know there are some rookies that get put in really advantageous situation like Roethlisberger or something <laughs> where it's like hey you know yeah. it's gonna go really well this because you have like this insane talented coaching staff um yeah they're probably both gonna struggle a lot I, I guess maybe it's Houston I I just roster wise god are they like are they really better now which is almost seems impossible but it's like it's rough <laughs> it's rough for both and I mean like with Taylor not playing too now you have to factor that into this like yeah. you look at the Colts and go you know, in, in college, there's a term for like blue chip players, right? You know, like these like top recruits that you're able to bring into your program. God, like how many blue chip players do both, te do both teams have? Like, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, God, they each maybe have like a couple, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the answer is they both go under. And maybe that means Tennessee for the 17th consecutive year with Mike Vrabel goes over their win total because like you hate both these teams and Tennessee's sitting there, what, seven and a half. It's like, really? We're just going to do this again with this team, with this coach. I, uh, I haven't clicked the button on there over yet, but man, like the more this stuff starts happening, the more and like really just kind of like a, you know, a small thing here, a small thing there. Obviously Tennessee would only play them twice Indianapolis, but just like, Really? They can't figure out a way to outfox these guys? These dummies? <laughs> like, I just, really? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting the way the division, we can do baseball now. I just, I actually think that's kind yeah, of interesting just, that maybe he just doesn't play for anybody for a while. That's crazy. I, I just, it, it's just so bothersome because he's talented and he's right in his, he's in that, you know, the, essentially the window of like, this should be, this should be when he's putting up well, it's like know, his best Bell. years. Yeah. And right. we saw what happened with Bell once he sat out at, We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, back to baseball. You want to get in the AL Cy Young. Um, I did. A little bit about this market and how ugly it's been this year. Yes, yeah, this, uh, this is going to be a tough one. I uh, I have no Garrett Cole. I own zero. Uh, I own 
reasonable amount of Nathan Eovaldi, and then he got hurt. I own a little bit of George Kirby. That was like doing okay, and uh, not so much. And that's about it. <laughs> that's about all that's going on here. Almost certainly <laughs> to take an L here. Uh, the market is, in my opinion, priced correctly. I think this is kind of like what it should look like. And I, I, I want to let's. I'm going to try to get Jake in here before the break too. The uh, the market's currently priced with Garrett Cole as like a pretty sizable favorite. He's minus 200 at MGM. Luis Castillo is in second at three to one. Kevin Gaussman, who's been in second most of the time, is now in third at seven to one because he hasn't been very good. And I agree that I think Gaussman is really unlikely to win. Uh, he is one of those classic pitchers. We have a couple of them every year that thrive in one war projection and look atrocious in the other because one war projection is more driven by like FIP, like things that are within your control. And another war projection is driven by what actually happened. Kind of like, even if you got unlucky, you get dinged. It's a good way to think about it. Like one, one has luck in it and the other tries to take luck out of it. Man, if luck, if, which there's like a saying, like if luck weren't involved, I guess I'd win every hand. It was like Phil Helmuth used to say that in <laughs> poker, I think. Yeah. Uh, if luck, if luck weren't involved, Kevin Gaussman would win the Cy Young. He's number one in FIP in the American League, and as such, he's number one in the F WAR projection, which uses FIP as one of its prominent components. The problem is, in terms of what actually happened, he stinks. Twentieth uh, in B WAR, seventh in ERA, tenth in WHIP in the AL. Uh, these are nowhere near the numbers of a Cy Young winner, and uh, and he has opportunity to improve them, but probably not enough time left to do so. So he's definitely out. Luis Castillo is really interesting because I still think he's really far behind. Now, I mentioned John Heyman was on MLB Network, uh, Odyssey Baseball Insider who comes on with us sometimes. And he mentioned that he had Garrett Cole, but that he thought it was still very open and that he had Castillo second, which I think is pretty interesting, where you maybe you the door is open here a little bit for Castillo to come from very, very, very far behind and pass basically a bunch of dead weight. Like everybody got hurt and everybody got bad. And Garrett Cole was almost just going to win as the last person standing. That's really how this was going to shape up unless someone did something. George Kirby had the chance to do something and he whiffed two starts, one against the Royals, one against the White Sox, and he bricked both of them and was bad in both. So now I have him and Castillo projected really close to each other. And like Castillo's still behind Cole. Okay, so I have Garrett Cole in first. He leads the AL in F War or in uh yeah, in B War, excuse me, the one that's like what actually happened. And he leads the AL in ERA. His other kind of like metrics are pretty good. I have him ahead, and I have like a mix of pitchers in second, of which Castillo is one. So I look at this market and I'm like, cool, makes sense to me. And it doesn't make me want to bet anything. When we do NL. I'll have a stronger betting opinion, probably. Uh, I, I think this makes sense. This is how the market's been shaped for a pretty long time with Cole is like about this price, sometimes a little more, sometimes less, depends on how he's pitching. But I don't see anything that interesting yet. And then if Cole is really bad in his next start, then things start to get really, really crazy with like recency bias. And if Castillo is great or someone else is great down the stretch, maybe it gets crazy. But I agree that Cole should be a big favorite. Jake, I, I want to bring you in just because I neglected you in NL MVP. Cole far ahead, Castillo second. You agree with this? Disagree with this? Yeah, I mean, I agree just because like there's nothing else to do. Like there's nothing. I'm right. with you, Ken. Like, I have Zippo. I have Zippo yeah. Garrett Cole. I've been saying since opening day, never Garrett Cole. And now yeah. I just look at Garrett Cole and I look at my burning scrap heap of George Kirby, Joe Ryan, Framber Valdez, among others, and just cry a little bit inside. So, yeah, uh, really, really fun market this has been all year and for the last month or so. It's been awesome. Happy to be here. You got, you guys almost saw my head explode on, uh, on uh, right here on camera as I was looking at the names and I got Kirby Valdez, and I went Lopez. 
You know how we were talking earlier where you have that brain freeze? Yeah. You're like, who is it? Sure. I literally, in my mind, I'm watching you guys and I'm listening. I'm going team by team. And I'm like, Ronaldo Lopez? No, no. I know. It's is so there, funny, right? It's, it's no, Pablo, Pablo Lopez has yeah. been so good. He's been so yes, good yes. down the stretch. Well, he wasn't that good in his last start. But, like, it's been really – he's, like, was good enough that – well, and just – it's. I think the way I would think about it is kind of like with – uh you know, with like most award markets and with like Tristan Casas and AL rookie of the year, like someone has to be second. Someone yeah. has to be third. They're just, everyone's hurt and bad. So like when that happens, Pablo Lopez can be 40 to one. And it's like, and it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. Like he's not going to win. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's Cole a lot and maybe it is closer with Castillo than I give him credit for. His number is just eighth, eighth in the American league in both war projections he is second in ERA. That helps him. His FIP is pretty bad. I just, I just look at this and I go like, he's. I mean, it's not that he can't win. I guess I've said he can't win before. I guess that was a mistake. But like, I, I, I don't think he's a realistic like candidate. I don't think you'd ever want to bet him at this price too. Like, I think Cole's just way ahead. And if Cole's bad and Castillo's good, then that'll stop being true. But until that happens, I, I mean, I don't know really what there is to do here. It's just, the thing that drives me nuts about this market is. I do. There is like you talk about the alternate universe theory. Uh, I was way wrong on Cole, and like I'll take the L on that. Whatever, great. Like we'll happily take it. I just uh, I would have liked to have seen if Eovaldi didn't go on the IL for so long. What would have happened here? Because it seems like there's this giant vacuum for someone to like get a bunch of votes and win. And it's just I think it's going to be Garrett Cole. It'll be fun down the stretch to see what happens. Even though it does look like Cole's going to walk away with this thing but we'll see we got a month more baseball more baseball talk coming up cy young uh award mark we'll get into that at you better you bet right here on the betql network presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today